This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. Hello, everybody. My name's Ron Ecstasy, and this is a podcast called Blue Men Group. And we do this podcast as a group with my friends, John Beedrin and Devin Welsh. Hello. Hi, thank you for Hello. having me. Yeah, oh, thank thanks, for, thanks for sitting down. And uh, joining me today uh, in the newsroom, we've got a lot going on per usual. The news does not stop, except it did a few weeks ago. Um, let's see. I mean, we're 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 cruising along on the information superhighway, kind of pulling in news articles as they come uh, to us throughout the week, and it's uh, we it's are, a lot to deal with. We're news spiders in the middle of a big news web. Yeah, and we I was try thinking, to give you the juiciest flies. I was thinking week. like a like a big whale when they get the krill. You know how they like kind of suck it up like a vacuum kind of thing. Yeah. Is that what they do? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they use their teeth. They're like little f- fibers. Or they're not little. They're very long. Right. Their teeth are very long, and they're like a, a net. Huh. Okay. The baleen of the whale. Hello. Hello, That's Annette. what we do, though. Yeah, that's yeah that do. is... And then, exactly. So we also like to um, show you our teeth and everything that's stuck in them. John, nobody can when see When we take us, a bite a, out of the news... It's a podcast. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's take a bite... Out of some history. Would you guys like that? Would you like to join me in taking a bite out of history? Mm-hmm. Let's do This Week this, 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 in history. history. 1956. Alfred Kinsey, pioneering researcher of human sexual behavior, dies in Bloomington, Indiana. He was 62. Whoa. Kinsey. What do you, what do you guys, you, you guys know about this guy? Um, I know about I know a little bit about him, yeah. The sex well, uh, scientist. The, yeah, he uh he's got a scale. He's famous for his Kinsey scale. Yeah, uh, he isolated the horny genome. Yes, yeah. exactly. Thank he you. He discovered John. all the positions that we we're also familiar with. Uh, he's the he author was the, of the one, Kama Sutra. Yeah, yes. he was the first one to document all of these things. Kind of like those people that would go around recording folk music in the yes. early 20th century. He <laughs> <Yeah>. was <laughs> recording ways, what yes. people were doing sexually. Yeah, that's interesting because uh, my grandparents knew Kinsey. He would uh, avidly watch them as each one of my uh, aunts and uncles were were, uh, made, um, (laughs) including my... uh, mom uh the he's yeah so he's in indiana he's in everything yeah, everyone he was said able to so discover far the to- total picture of human sexuality in indiana in yes. yeah in indiana in um, in diana in diana yeah well his yeah, eureka the, the moment 50s. his eureka moment was actually the discovery of doggy style of um, yeah <laughs> it, <laughs> it was a kind of paradigm shifting event in the uh this the you know the the academic field of human sexuality yeah at the time so, yeah none of that none of that was invented and this is something that i've brought up uh previously on pr- other podcasts potentially uh fellatio do we do we imagine fellatio happening All in the, the uh, 1300s do we d- is that happening the answer is no it was invented by <laughs> alfred kinsey in the 50s in indiana yeah <laughs> absolutely um, um yeah there's no way to verify that one way or the other but no. um, um but because it's... we can't know otherwise we have to assume that it first happened it's sort of like when words are being defined in a dictionary mm-hmm. and they give you the first use that they can find Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's he's kind of like, like a a Santa Claus of sex. You know, it's like he <laughs> he comes once a year. He comes yeah. down the chimney. He delivers new new yeah, positions, new desires, yeah. new fantasies. Yeah, I wonder what uh, I wonder he's what like, his he, sex life was like. You know, be like, hey, what about Mrs. Kinsey, man? Like, we all I hear about is Alfred. Can we oh, can he, we give a little round of applause for Mrs. Kinsey? Yeah, I don't well, think he must have attempted all of these positions on his wife. She was like his lab partner. Maybe he didn't even have a wife. 
either that or he's he doesn't want to just he doesn't want to get involved in his own research you know like right right it's not he, he abstains distance. yeah he needs maybe, to be the observer yeah maybe he he didn't he just wasn't even into women and it's the 50s and like he has no other way to explain that he might be gay or queer the or anything only like way. that so he creates this like whole system to kind of <laughs> like how are you feeling alfred he's like well let me tell you i've been working on some positions so this like he all wants this stuff to... i've written a book like yeah He's like, I'm a two, I'm a two and a half, I'm a three. Exactly. He wants to come out and be like, I'm gay, but he can't because it's the 50s and he's in Indiana. So he's like, well, actually, I've been doing a lot of really interesting research lately. I've discovered that there are some (laughs) men who are kind of gay. Yeah. And that it's okay. And they're still straight mostly. Most, mostly, most of the time. Uh, And yeah, he, and he's, he's telling you this in a cornfield at night in Mm -hmm. uh, Bloomington. Um, (laughs) Anyway, we love we love Alfred Kinsey. Uh, he was also a center um, for the uh, for the Hoosiers for the basketball team in Indiana. He was a guard. Ooh, and now a that doesn't that does not seem true, John. That <laughs> that's like God. That's not how basketball works, John. He couldn't <laughs> yeah, be a John. center and a guard. Yeah, there's no he sex was, in basketball. There, he was uh, both. He was on the spectrum. Oh, right, right. Yes. Good, good, com- good save there, Joe. Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. He was a two and a half, three. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, three points for Alfred. So, yeah, it, Mr. He's the sex guy. He's uh, helping us define ourselves uh, as sexual beings. He's inventing things like doggy style uh, anal sex. Well, he's, he's, not dis- inventing- he's not inventing them. He's like discovering them for the first time. Like, he's the first mm-hmm. guy to like write down, like, you know. In, he was like, yeah. and the subject hid it from the back. He's and a he, peeping he, yeah. Tom, is what you're trying to say. Well, yeah. and he stumbled inadvertently. This is kind of the the fate of things sometimes, how a sex researcher unwittingly ends up doing his research in the sexual capital of the world, Indiana. Right. In, Indiana, <laughs> right. And he I mean, ends up being odds? in this kind of pleasure garden of like sexual variety and intensity that Right. Uh, I mean, sometimes yeah. the the man makes the times, and sometimes the times make the man. And maybe this oh. was like a he was just happened to be in like per capita the horniest place in the world at the time. Yeah, Bloomington, yeah. Indiana. Wow. And uh, he died with an erection. So, uh, <laughs> Alfred, good night. Sleep well. Sleep tight. Tough to close that casket. Got to be honest. Uh, he's uh, Rigor very set happy in immediately. Yeah, um, very happy. He died at died at sixty two. Couldn't. Couldn't have stretched it out a bit further to 69. Would have been perfect if he would have died on the, at, at the sex number age. Do we but, know what uh, he died of? Did he get too close to his research? Yeah, I think he died of... Uh, we have to assume he sex. died at the height of erotic ecstasy. Yeah. Or getting, you know, a, a ham sandwich fist in the schnoz because he got... He's peeping. He's in the oh, that too. Discovered. Peeping mm-hmm. Alfred. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that rest in peace. There'll be a... Uh, an orgy tonight celebrating his uh, his discoveries in Bloomington. I will be there emceeing. Uh, you know, if you, you know, just come up. Uh, I'll be wearing a mask, but uh, come on, say hi. And uh, yeah. Yeah. if you have any requests, I'll be more than happy to play some uh, some songs for Devin you. Devin and I will also be there. We'll be yeah. handing out towels. Mm-hmm. And we'll be actually on either side of Ron um, at the event. So if you see Ron, just look beside him and we'll be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, good, good, good. Looking forward to uh, seeing everybody at the Bloomington, Indiana, um, Kinsey Sex Fest. Uh, hopefully, it goes a bit better than our cruise that we did uh, about a month ago, um, where a few people perished. All right, let's move along to our next segment. Listen, this is a new segment, and I know we say this is a new segment every episode, but listen, this is an actual new segment. This segment's called Quick Updates. Just a couple of quick updates here um, yeah, can you, on stories. Can stories you give us, co- yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Dev. I didn't mean to step on your toes there. I, you're, you're, you're doing your job, and then I'm trying to get you to introduce things when you're already introducing it. But, uh, <laughs> Dev, I know that this story pissed you off quite a bit, and I would like you to read the headline. Yeah, so we've got an article from the Seattle Times uh, about a subject that we've covered before. The headline is, A goofy paper horse became an international pandemic sensation. It's headed for... 
It's headed to a museum. Sorry, a pop-up uh, stopped me from reading the pop rest up. of the headline. What, um, what, what bra- are you on Netscape Navigator? What, what's going on where you're getting pop-ups? We didn't get the uh, the complete uh, AP News well, subscription oh. package. so we well, Also, that's true. So. on the Bloomberg terminal, which is what we use, you're not allowed yes. to uh, block right. cookies or ads. That's, that's yeah, true. All, so. all of that stuff. But that's anyway. on me. So remember the guy, he, this guy, he, he in a, a, what I believe was a Marriott hotel, no? Or did they mention the hotel? I can't remember. But in a hotel, he made a, a horse out of uh, takeout containers and things during his quarantine. Yeah. Um, now, I remember this story. This, the, we, we, we covered this uh, months ago on episode, we don't know which number, but... Uh, <laughs> Listen, I'll I'll set the ground the ground rules whatever. I'll I'll set the scene is what I'm trying to say. Uh this guy, Australian guy named David Marriott, okay? Marriott. And this was my my previous uh uh theory that I had. He has to be from the Marriott family who owns all the hotels, right? Because this this article takes place in a hotel where he's stayed in this hotel cuz his dad died of COVID. And mm-hmm. he's got a quarantine because of the 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 Australian quarantine rules. This m- motherfucker, <laughs> this guy, uh, <laughs> this guy made a paper horse that looks way too real and like way too done up. Like it it's, it, it pisses me off as well. Like, and, and he's yeah, it's he, suspiciously he, well done. So, yeah. Like so so well done that one would. It would be hard to imagine a single guy in a hotel room doing it on his own. It seems exactly. more like a team put it together for some yeah. Yeah. nefarious and, alternative reason. Yeah. yeah, and so this this article, the the uh, photo caption, you have to look this up. Just look up David Marriott, spelled just like the hotel. Uh, it says David <laughs> Marriott in April atop the horse he built out of an ironing board, a lamp, and paper bags while in hotel quarantine in Brisbane, Australia. This is okay. this is dirty PR. This is this is free free uh public relations stuff for the Marriott hotel chain in my mind cuz they're slipping in that the guy's name's David Marriott and mm-hmm. uh He's they're just talking about how much fun you can have in hotels and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so his art piece is headed to a museum. So yeah, he's being memorialized. This is one of the kind of important works of the pandemic period. Yeah, true. This is sort of like a touchstone. And it's going to get retired. I mean, he won't be able to ride it any longer. So things are looking up uh, for Australia. They will be never going back into lockdown right. as you can, uh, because they're retiring the <laughs> iconic lockdown horse. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. will get lifted up into the uh, Australian Museum rafters like an old basketball jersey. Once we yeah. get three more paper horses made spontaneously in hotel rooms during <laughs> lockdowns in the future, we will have the four horses of the apocalypse. <laughs> that, that Very true, uh, Dev. And I just would like to uh, uh, kind of lead us down this little line here. I know this is a quick update and I'm taking too much, too much time, but Marriott International is a massive American multinational corporation that uh, operates franchises and licenses lodging mm-hmm. like hotels. Mm-hmm. It's a family-owned business, okay? Okay. The mm-hmm. owner is Bill Marriott. He owns eleven point two eight percent. Okay. Okay. Who do you think is the number two owner? David um, S. Marriott. So with nine point two percent ownership of oh, 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 Marriott oh. International, with net in net revenue of ten point five billion dollars. David. Damn. David, David, we have to talk, David. David, we see you. David. David. Okay, so we cracked the case. This paper horse thing, it's uh, it's an advertisement for Marriott Hotels by one David Marriott, the number two stakeholder in the Marriott Hotel chain. We think. Yes, and he's also apparently a proponent of Montessori-type educations. Wait, what? Because he's doing arts and crafts with uh, paper. Oh, okay, right on. Yeah. Cool. Sorry, it's a All right, stretch. so that that was a, a, a goofy paper horse becomes an international stretch. pandemic sensation headed to a museum. Thank you, Devin. Uh, John, can you give us a quick update on another story as well, please? Yeah, so we all remember one of the classic Blue Men Group episodes, Jose No. Yes. <laughs> where do. a man threw his son into a, an elephant pit mm-hmm. to try and get photos, or maybe yep. it was chimpanzees or lions. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so this has been a problem uh, in this country and in others for a while now. People throwing their children, jumping into cages, trying to get close to the animals. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a new arrangement happening uh, in Harrismith, South Africa. Reverse zoo locks what? visitors in cages for lions viewing pleasure. No way. So they sort of squared the circle here. So we, um, Yeah, wow, a reverse zoo. So we're all well accustomed to, we all love the zoo. We love yes. to go drive down there, get out of the car, get walk around. You yeah, know, once you every two weeks. Observe yeah. the animals. And, get and your cooler of snacks, get your itinerary. habitat, yeah. Mm-hmm. But now this is taking a, a familiar favorite and flipping it. Yeah. Um, so Lion now, Sanctuary GG Conservation in Harrismith, South Africa, is placing visitors inside plexiglass cages stationed at the center of the lion's lair, granting animal enthusiasts a palm-to-paw encounter oh. with their menagerie of 77 rescued big cats. Wow. Don't you love when they flip the script? I love when they flip the script. Director of the nonprofit Wildlife Park, Suzanne Scott, told Caters, the safety of both our guests and big cats is top priority. Doesn't so, seem like it. I don't yeah, think that's... Yeah, not at all. <laughs> They're putting people in cages, yeah, in the middle. Yeah, to me, it's like, aren't we all sort of in a reverse zoo? Oh. Um, you know? Isn't, I haven't thought isn't, about that. Aren't, isn't our lives, you know, we're, we're home all the time, we're in front of the computer, we're, uh, you know, there's a, there's a camera... Um, so true. You know, surveilling us at all times from the corner of the room. You look out the window and there's wildlife outside, having fun, driving cars... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's people that actually pay money to look through the bars of my cage. His name's Alfred Kinsey. <laughs> look at me. I mean, I feel like I'm living in a zoo, but I mean, it just it might just be me. Yeah. No, I think that's, you know, we're all sort of feeling that way, especially um, visitors to the GG Conservation Wildlife Exhibit in, South, in Harrisburg, <laughs> South Africa. Um, for 2,000 to 3,000 South African rand, which converts to about $134 U.S. currency, what? Tourists are locked inside a professional photography cage for 45 minutes. Oh, Jesus. Uh, and just left in there um, from 6.30 a.m. until 7.15 a.m. If you have to use the bathroom, uh, like, number one, but especially number two, it yeah. gets pretty tricky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're in there for 45 minutes and the they... Scents, yeah, the scents really throw off the uh, lions. I know that. Yeah. Now, I know a lot of listeners are concerned, but to reassure people... Mm-hmm. Um, Scott, who is the, the director, said, The cage is regularly checked by an engineer to ensure it can safely carry the weight should a lion jump on top of it. Uh, the big turns cat's out, weights can range from 270 to 570 pounds. Sorry, what were you saying? No, I was, was going to say, it's a, uh, turns out that it's a train engineer, not, not an actual <laughs> like, uh, engineer that can do yeah. anything about it. He's like, yeah, it's my title. Uh, now, there's a picture actually. in the New York Post, and there's two people sitting in a plexiglass cage, and there's a lion sitting on top of it. Uh, but it doesn't say that they've checked to make sure that two lions can sit on top of the cage. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, what if a second one <laughs> gets definitely on room oh, for a God. second up there? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, this is. Yeah. I, I will say these lions are absolutely beautiful. What an, what an incredible animal! It's it's weird to start thinking about that. Uh, the a lion is a cat. That always kind of fucks me up because. Mm. Uh, my friend John, who's a co-host of this this podcast, and Hi, Devin everyone. also ha- has a cat. They both have cats. I don't have a cat, but like uh, when I see when I see this lion, I'm like, oh yeah, the, my, some of my friends have something like that, but it's a lot smaller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, true. There is really no other difference besides the fact that if they wanted to eat you, it would be too difficult for them. Yeah, yeah. The, usually but, you have, they have to wait for you to drop dead. If you're if you're interested in seeing this, it seems as though they may they have social media at uh, GG Conservation. You can kind of go in there and peek around. Uh, these cats are huge, and yeah. uh, now yeah, it seems that they've struck an extremely delicate balance here mm-hmm. with putting only a few people in the cage at once. There's about 77 big cats. You know, oh they, the, the the plexiglass cube can hold maybe one, maybe two lions. And it's like only for 45 minutes in the morning. It's sort of like they're sleepy still. They're waking up. Um, mm-hmm. They're having some of the leftover gazelle in the morning. Yeah. Uh, but the story ends by saying that Harrison, South Africa's GG Conserva- Conservatory plans to welcome more lions before the end of the year. So that oh. that delicate balance may end soon. So yeah. If enough of them organize and all get on top of the box, <laughs> chaos mm-hmm. will ensue. Yes. Yeah. 
That's true. So, yeah. I just right. wanted to uh, remind everyone about the Jose No story. Please do not jump into any of the cages at your local zoo. Please wait instead for them to invent a reverse zoo in your metropolitan area. Yeah, and, and a little uh, exercise you can do while you're waiting for that is to uh, go into Google Maps on your phone or computer and type up zoo near me, okay? And then see how far away that zoo is and then do the mental mental uh, math there and tell tell remind yourself i should say that there are probably lions elephants and tigers that far away from you right now right uh which is kind of fucked up yeah uh thank you john for that quick update now let's get into the meat of the show what's, what's in, 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 in the news, the news. what is in the Ah, uh, Dev, I didn't think you would ask, but f- but you did. Uh, listen, we're talking about zoos. I'm going to keep talking about zoos because we have a headline here from Belgium. A Belgian woman is banned from the zoo after a four-year affair with a chimpanzee. Damn. So this is crazy. She got caught. Kinsey yeah. didn't even see this coming. Yeah. Kin- hey, Kinsey. I mean, Alfred Kinsey had no idea that this could happen. Explain this one, buddy. Yeah, uh, he died too young. Some- there was so much, so much more he could have uncovered. That's true. But um, what I'm saying is, like, relationships can end naturally. You know, like you don't mm-hmm. need to say I've been banned from the zoo. You can just say like it we're not seeing work each other out anymore. Yeah, that's so, Devin. Man, that's so true. Okay, You're such so a smart, goddamn guy. Yeah, he is. Uh, smarter than like he looks. To, I would He's, like to point out that this also could be a, a, a quick update story on the Belgian Franco border, which was oh, uh, yes. moved when a farmer. Um, moved a rock in his yard. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> changed the entire contour of the the nation. Yeah, it's butterfly effect and all that. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, that that is where the zoo is. So uh, <laughs> in that six feet, re- it area. was it was legal. It was a legal, um, willing relationship in France. But then right. as soon as it entered Belgium, uh-uh, ta- uh-uh, it's uh-uh. it's over. All right, Star-crossed so lovers. Addy Timmermans is banned from coming in contact with a chimpanzee at the Antwerp Zoo, Antwerp. In Belgium, uh, after developing a close bond with the primate over several years, so um, this chimpanzee was named Cheetah. That's C H I T A, not to be confused with another animal called a cheetah that is probably mm-hmm. at the zoo. Um, Which, arrived, if you want to date the cheetah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, I, John's <laughs> John's tried. Um, can't even catch the thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the cheetah arrived at the Antwerp Zoo thirty years ago. And over the past four years, this Adi Timmermans woman has visited the primate every week. I love that animal, and he loves me. I haven't got anything else. Why do they want to take that away, Timmermans said. We're having an affair. I'll just say it, she said. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. At least she's so, being honest. So this yeah. is a classic example of like love. If, if loving you is wrong, then I don't want to be right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <absolutely. laughs> Yeah, um, so according to uh, Newsweek, the affair that Timmermans mentioned involved the primate and the woman waving and blowing kisses to each other from the opposite sides of the glass that surrounds the ape's enclosure. So sick, sick that, stuff, folks. Sick that, stuff. It's gross. Yeah, I, I know. Kinsey this is, would be filling a notebook on this. Yep. Yes. And, Eureka. Uh, uh, the zoo recently expressed concern about the lengthy relationship, claiming that it's negatively impacting cheetahs' rapport with the zoo's other chimpanzees. That's oh my not God. good. That's so funny. That's, That's like good. when the when the only friend a kid has in class is the teacher, <laughs> John, <laughs> and then all the other chimps are making fun of. John, don't talk about me that way. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. That was or the zoo is me. like he's not hanging out with his friends anymore. Like he's not like you know he's not like spending enough time with the guys anymore. Yeah, right. you know. Yeah, right. In the yeah. Way. What happened, guy dude? time? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Cheetah is constantly busy with visitors, and the other monkeys ignore him and don't consider... Wait, monkeys? I thought it was a chimpanzee. Uh, Do we just call chimpanzees monkeys now? I guess. Is there a this difference? Is the, this is the zoo does. employee saying this. You would think that this is the one person that knows the difference between the primates. Well, then let's trust him. Okay. It says uh, the zoo said, so this is official zoo testimony here. Also. Yeah, There's the not zoo attributed started to talking. a person. It's the zoo. The gate at the zoo started talking to the to a reporter. They're like yeah. putting a microphone up to a, a, a <laughs> iron pole. <laughs> they went to go interview someone at the zoo, and 
they couldn't find anyone and then the people there was just a voice over the pa over the entire zoo <laughs> when cheetah is constantly busy with visitors the other monkeys ignore him and don't consider him part of the group even though again, that is important he yeah. uh again, sits, he's not part of the group he right. is in a relationship right he, yeah He's, he should be shunned. Yes. <laughs> what happens to chimps before guests who are visiting the zoo every day? Yeah. Uh, so he sits on his own outside of visiting hours, they said. And an animal that is too focused on people is less respected by its peers. We want Cheetah to be a chimpanzee as much as possible. Here's an idea. Put him back in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Such a good point. Yeah, yeah we want him to be a, ch- a real chimpanzee. We don't want him like having relationships with humans. That's why we put him zoo. in the zoo and invite people in every day of his life. We charge for thirty fucking years. Yeah. We charge people like uh, who knows how many euros to go 725. in there. Oh, yeah, yeah like let him pursue his happiness like for yeah. god's sake sorry is this yeah what is the is this your this is their idea of what a chimp is in their mind a chimp could never chimp experience isn't big enough to like have a relationship with a person yeah oh my kinsey god. would be incensed at the story yeah, yeah. so kinsey is rolling in his grave right yeah now. <laughs> although he can't completely roll over because of that erection Again, that he has it's sort of like when you put a bike uh you put the kickstand down on a bike and you can't knock exactly, it exactly that's right his kick everybody knows about kinsey's kickstand that's his uh <laughs> his, his unpublished book that never came out uh so the antwerp zoo noted that cheetah's fascination with humans is present because i wonder why uh yeah he was a pet oh before joining the facility uh well that sucks so oh, the zoo okay. has now banned timmermans again ba- banning the only real motherfucker in the whole <laughs> in the whole situation <laughs> the one yeah. who's just like naturally in love uh from making contact with cheetah to prioritize his well-being self-care that's good uh timmermans accused the zoo of being unfair yep uh saying other dozens of visitors are allowed to make contact and why not me? Apparently, nobody goes to the zoo if there's only like 12 people there. <laughs> um, this is like the fundamental kind of like uh, problem of like, it's like our relationship's over. It's like, but why can't we just be friends? Why can't I see him? And it's like, well, too much has happened. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. Right. It's been a complicated love affair. And then a zookeeper <laughs> comes into the middle of you. Like, well, that's why it's complicated. <laughs> yeah. So some person in a safari hat is like trying to break up your relationship. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, the zookeepers are now working towards helping Cheetah learn to interact more with his fellow primates. Well, that's that's beautiful. I hope Cheetah is... Uh, you know, can can find somebody to to blow kisses to, and yeah. uh, um, you know, wave, guess, and that's that. it. <laughs> that's quite the relationship. That's that's kind of a simple relationship, if you ask me. Uh, that's a pure I feel like one. Cheetah could have something more with another chimpanzee. Yeah, or he's with him. Timmerman if these people weren't getting in the way. That's yeah, true. that's true. Yeah. yeah. Either way, he's he's being left unsatisfied. Now, I'm imagining. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'm imagining Adi Timmermans uh, just, like, blowing a kiss towards Cheetah, the chimpanzee, and then a blow dart just going right into her neck. (laughs) And then they're taking her out on the, uh, like, kind of an old-timey safari stretcher as they're, like, taking her out outside, (laughs) and they kind of dump dump Adi Timmermans right at the gate and say, you're no longer allowed into the Antwerp Zoo. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that this reminds me of another story that I was obsessed with um, from 2015. Oh, yeah? Japanese women go ape over surprisingly handsome gorilla. Oh. <laughs> I love this, that. Oh, that's great. John, yeah. can you can you walk us through a little bit? Who sure. is this? I, Who I'm is pulling this? Wow. So this is Shabani, the gorilla. In oh, my the, God. He is handsome. Wow. Yeah, he is undeniably handsome. He's surprisingly hunky, uh, says uh, the article. Yeah, it opens. It's Tokyo CNN, CNN's Tokyo desk. Who could resist that striking countenance, that chiseled brow, and that toned, furry butt? Yeah. A surprisingly hunky male gorilla, Shabani, has female humans going ape after mugshots of the 18-year-old animal began going viral on Twitter. Mugshot. The, the, this uh, Shabani has been. It's a uh, double incarcerated. Doozy. So he's women a bad boy. go crazy over mon- monkeys and apes, and also incarcerated people. They can't help themselves. Yeah, that's true. It's like those guys on death row who get married. 
Oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. Zoo officials tell CNN that young women have been flocking to see the pretty primate who lives at the Higashiyama, excuse me, Higashiyama Zoo and Botanical Gardens in Nagoya. Hmm. Wants to catch a glimpse of Shibani? Get in line. About yeah. 100 admirers constantly surround his exhibit, shouting, Look at me, Shibani, whenever he comes out. <laughs> wow. Um, who is that? Feels. Who is that in line? Is that Aldi Timmermans? <laughs> uh, get away from Shibani. There's a uh, get in line. Uh, yeah. Nope, she is in line. Um, yeah, okay. Well, Shibani's taken, according to officials. The gorilla has two wives. Um, AI and nene um mm-hmm. he's also said to be an excellent father to his children uh kiyomasi wow. and Annie. Yeah. takayushi ishikawa a zoo spokesperson said shibani's fame was to- quote totally unexpected yeah it's a perfect example of the internet society we were very surprised by the phenomenon but like a true superstar shibani isn't phased as ishikawa says quote he seems to have noticed his new popularity but he's kept it very cool wow <laughs> which is probably part of his appeal that is wow yeah we love Shabani. I love yeah, we, Shabani. Quiet I think he's confidence. very handsome. Yeah, yeah, quiet confidence, absolutely handsome. I think this would be interesting if we if we kind of we have to get in touch with Adi Timmermans. Yes, and kind of like and the Nagoya slide Zoo the photo over to her. Exactly. You know, be like, hey, do you know? You know, um, maybe there's, there's a new another, guy in town. Yeah, there's <laughs> more fish in the sea. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. And you know what? It says Shabani has two wives. But there's nothing in the rule book that says a gorilla can't have three. Zero. Yeah, there's no. nothing. I don't even know what rule book this is, but I agree. Uh, yep, there's... there's. I, I was trying to figure something out with there's plenty of fish in the chimpanzee or something like that, but it's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. chimpanzee. I'm not. I'm going I'm to workshop that later, mm-hmm. probably. Um, okay. But yeah, thank you, John, for bringing up Shabani, who is yeah. absolutely stunning. He's I encourage you. I encourage you to look up uh, photos of Shibani maybe um, a bit later at night um, <laughs> after a few glasses of wine and uh, maybe a little bit of a joint or something. Uh, okay, well, we have... Uh, thanks, John, by the way. Uh, we have yes, some other... Some other... Uh, My uh, pleasure. N- ...news that is... Um, uh, uh, thanks, John. Thanks. I just appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> that is not related to zoos. I know that's been kind of a zoo-heavy... Uh, uh, front end to the. You could call us zoo files uh, during. This yeah, episode. you could. <laughs> that is. That would be an appropriate name for us. I Kinsey think, would on... love to call us that. Yeah. Zoo <laughs> um, uh, files would be a good name for like uh, a mystery show about zoos. Right? Yeah. X Files. The zoo files. Yeah. How about that? You like that? Okay. Zoo files. Um, Hey Peacock, talk to me. I'm ready to yeah. pitch shows. Um, Someone is uh, keeps kissing the cage to the gorilla exhibit. Zoo file <laughs> mysteries. Addy, yeah. stay away, Addy. <laughs> um, okay, so this is a little bit of a uh, update as well. Uh, we're doing quite a few updates. Um, I was speaking previously, uh, probably last month in July, about the Olympics that happened in Tokyo. And I'm saying, listen, this is the uh, a bit of a betting thing that I want you to put your money into, okay? The Olympics are going down, and they're going yeah. down fast. Absolutely. We're not going to be having them in the 2030s, past yeah. 2032. And this is coming from someone who was the Blue Men Group correspondent at the Olympics. He was our representative, and he mm-hmm. did firsthand coverage there. If you missed that episode, please go back and listen. Yeah, please do. Uh, listen, I was getting texts from Olympic athletes all day and all night telling me that their gold medals, by the way, only text with gold medal winners, uh, <laughs> are falling apart. So this is from Global Times, which I believe is a Chinese news website. Quality issue with Chinese trampoline athlete's Tokyo Olympic gold medal sparks discussion on Sina Weibo, which is a uh, it's like Twitter in China, which I'm constant. I'm huge. I have 1.2 billion followers on Sina Weibo. <laughs> You're uh, like the 17th biggest account with that yes, many, right? That's right. <laughs> and uh, I have less than a thousand on Twitter, so I'm, I'm more popular in China than I am here. <laughs> but um, these these uh, these gold medals. I that think the problem out, is that you keep tweeting in Chinese. I know mm-hmm. that's 
I, I confuse the two. So uh, yeah, your man, your your fluent Mandarin makes people kind of confused on mm, you know yeah. where you're operating from. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so well, this is a this is a huge issue, guys, because uh, we talked about how the the train it was just a train wreck going into Tokyo. They were like, hey, are are we gonna have uh, condoms there? Are we gonna have beer? Are we gonna be, make the super micro thing condoms? Like, what do we, are we are we gonna be able to sleep on real beds? Like. I don't have to tell you guys. You were there. Uh, for some reason, I'm telling you, and I'm looking, and nobody's. Is anybody paying attention here to how bad the Olympics were? Um, not really. No, oh, okay. I wasn't. Sorry, guys. Uh, so, Which is probably part of the problem. Yeah, that yeah. is. No one watches the Olympics anymore, so it's like, you know, it's you can do the entire thing like cardboard cutout style, where there's like nothing behind the wall mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. Yeah, Potemkin no Village. Potemkin exactly. Village. So, uh, Chinese Olympic village, uh, John, perfect. Perfect. John. Uh, chi- so the, the Chinese trampoline athlete, Zhu Zheng Ying. Nice. Oh no, I think, uh, Tokyo Olympic gold medal was exposed. The, uh, organizing committee of Tokyo Olympic games told the global times on Wednesday that the part of the medal that came off was not the gold plating, but a coating applied to the surface of the metal. The committee mm. noted that a thin coating is meant to prevent small scratches and stains from appearing on the metals. Listen, it doesn't affect the quality of the metal itself, said the Olympic Committee. I don't believe it. Yeah. So, is it just the shrink wrap when they ordered them online and they just forgot to like take the, you know, like this, the plat, like you go over to someone's house sometimes and they mm-hmm. like their TV or their computer screen still has that like plastic film on the screen. I love taking that. Which protects off. it from, yeah, absolutely. Um, and what's wrong with small scratches and stains on the metals? Yeah. <laughs> I've been saying Who cares? that. I've been saying that, Dev. I don't know. It's perfectly uh, good. So, a group of photos posted onto Sinoibo uh, on Monday night, showing the gold medal won by the Chinese trampoline athlete. We keep saying who her name. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, sparked discussions concerning this quality, and then in three sequential photos, Zhu shows that her medal is damaged. Um, and because her medal was damaged, her uh, record time has been taken away. <laughs> Um, Just like her medal, her record has been tarnished. There were 10,000 comments on this post, and some said that they found the situation both surprising and unacceptable, nice. noting that the gold medalist hard work should not be rewarded with a flawed medal. I don't even think it's a real gold medal, to be honest. Um, and yeah. then, uh, If the Olympics runs long enough, we would run out of gold. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yeah. Um, and it's already getting more expensive, you know. Yeah. Well, and this is what people Olympics. are saying. So uh, somebody on, on St. Louis said, I once saw a news report that said a foreign athlete, who we later found out was Russian gymnast Daria Valerania, uh, Valerianova, something, uh, had a fire break this out in her place. Names episode. Many things got burnt, but not her medal. The old Chinese saying, real gold does not fear the test of fire, holds true. Zhang Zhu, a netizen of Beijing, told the Global Times on Tuesday. I don't know what that paragraph meant. Yeah, that doesn't a connect net- out to anything. A netizen offers <laughs> their commentary. Uh, I'm trying to just power through Wait, this, this is a really but... funny um, comment from another netizen. Oh, please. <laughs> the fact that the medals for the Tokyo Games were made from recycled materials is too experimental for me. Nice. Hmm. Um yeah, okay. so they were indeed, John, a new experiment for the Olympic Games as they were made from metal extracted from electronic devices donated by people in Japan. Oh, so it's what? like an it's like an old iPhone. Yeah. Not a gold medal. Um, <laughs> They're giving people, yeah, recycled junk. They're just tracking devices. Yeah. Um, so the Japan Mint makes these, uh, the metal maker for the Tokyo Games, told the Global Times that it has not noticed any issues regarding layers peeling off the gold medals and that the Tokyo Organizing Committee may conduct a further investigation of which I will definitely be a part of. Well, I have a surprise for you guys. What's up? I have been getting my mineralogy degree. No way. Mm-hmm. And I actually got my hands on an Olympic medal and a loop. So I'm going to go ahead and actually just take a look at one of these things right now and mm-hmm. see what they're made of. Yeah, that would be wonderful. There he is. He's Offer looking at it. He's putting it up against the uh, window, it looks like. He's putting it up yeah. against the sun. He's spraying it with something. He's biting it now. Okay. Um, yeah. You guys, I'm really uh, unhappy to say that this thing is 95% borosilicate. Oh. What? Okay. Th- would you say borosilicate? Who's Boros- he? 
Uh, it's uh, is he no, a Russian it's, gymnast? It's a type of metal, and actually, I'm sorry, I misspoke. It's actually pyrite. Sorry, oh, fool's pyrite. Gold. Oh, okay. oh that, pyrite. Yeah, that makes oh, a lot more fool's sense. Fool's gold. Yeah, sorry. Fool's sorry, I told gold. you, I just got. I'm still in my certification training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I will be reporting this to your advisor. Actually, well, yeah. please. This is just an amateur's opinion, but. Well, you didn't start uh, it, it out that way, John. You were you were yeah. trying to give us your credentials beforehand, <laughs> then all of a sudden it's changed. It sounds like you're you're as, as fake as the gold medals they're handing out in Tokyo. Maybe everything associated with this game is fake. Wow. See, okay, so that's the real story. Maybe that was a bigger point I was trying to make. Yeah. Maybe. You believed well, me right at my word. I did. So that's that was a little uh, play and scene. That was how we're uh, showing that uh, the Olympics the are... the first time we ever ended one of those on the show. I know. Uh, that, properly. I'm trying to uh, explain to our listeners that that uh, proves that uh, the Olympics are a fraud. And uh, they, will, they will be off of your TV in mere years. Um, so... Uh, thanks for that weird article that didn't really explain much, but uh, thank you for the concerned netizens all over China for uh, <laughs> reporting that. Is this just like the Chinese like um, uh, like Olympic whatever like contingency trying to get more gold out of the Olympics like for I think free? So. I think so. Yeah, yeah. or like, just, can we get some more gold? Yeah. Like my medal got scratched. Can I get a new one? And <laughs> saying I just like, got hey, it. Yeah, the Japanese Olympics is kind of shoddy, right? Ah, yeah, true. wink, wink, nudge, nudge, kind of shit. Like that's right. that's a hundred percent what's going on. Um, all right, well let's uh, move. Scene. Let's yeah, and, and scene. scene. <laughs> well, let's move along. Uh, listen, I have uh, somebody here. Another article disconnected from the previous one, so somehow we have to tie that in. Yeah, but listen, this, this is, is first start. well. So there's not a lot of value in the Olympic medals, but there maybe is a new kind of medal, a digital medal. Oh. John, that's mm-hmm. so Called good. NFTs. Yes, we're reporting on this months after they were actually uh, in the news. But listen, tokens and medals are kind of the same thing. This and also this is a story about sort of um, future monsters. This is another future monster. Exactly. Yeah. This is absolutely. This, you you may uh, remember our series Future Monsters of the Week, where we uh, we introduce you to. Um, like brilliant children who speak like nine languages by the time they're four, uh, students that are graduating college at the age of six, uh, you know, like things like that. People inventing uh, objects when they're eight, stuff like that. Uh, we've got a headline here. This 12-year-old coder is set to earn over $400,000 after about two months of selling NFTs. Oh, me oh mm. my. What do we make of this, boys? It's so, yeah, in a, in a time, as you say, when gold is becoming fake gold, um, the young people of the next generation need to look to cyberspace to find the new gold. And uh, this young nice. man has, uh, has found some gold. Yeah, so um, the young man's name's uh, Benjamin uh, Ahmed, not to be confused with uh, uh, another monster who turned out to not be a monster, uh, Ahmed the Clock Boy, I believe his name was. Who, uh, <laughs> if you're if you're a news junkie like I am, he was in the news. Just look that up, Ahmed uh, Clock. You'll you'll remember. You'll remember. Um, he says Benjamin Ahmed is not your average twelve year old. Uh, when he's not at school, he enjoys swimming, taekwondo, and learning how to code. And at mm. just five years old, Ahmed began programming after watching his father, Imran, work as a web developer. He started with... But first off, when I was five years old, I wasn't trying to like do my dad's job. That, yeah. that, is, <laughs> that, that was the last thing I was That's trying another to do. way you know that work is like gold and the Olympics becoming fake. Yeah, what is yeah. this? Um, so he started with HTML and CSS and continued to advance his coding skills, later learning JavaScript and other programs. Yeah. But lately... And non- Taekwondo. Yeah. Sorry. And, and Taekwondo. And swimming. What is this kid like? All right. Lately, non-fungible tokens or NFTs and the smart contracts or collections of code that power them have caught Ahmed's attention. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's that makes this like a you know if, if Ahmed's it's attention ominous. is put on you it's like he's yeah. gonna you know I know yeah. um, he's I gonna first, run through you 
So then the, somebody put a microphone in front of this like 10, 12 year old's face or whatever. It was like, I first yeah. learned about NFTs earlier this year, Ahmed, who was based in London. He's based in London. He, he lives based. there. <laughs> he has no choice. His parents live there. That's, he's yeah, not based, based there. Like he's, he's not based. He's not a, he's not he a, chooses a, to live and work there. Yeah. But he's a global yeah. citizen. He's right. based in the local daycare center. Yeah. Um, I got fascinated with NFTs because you can easily transfer the ownership of an M- NFT by the blockchain, says the 12-year-old. Oh. So you just defined what it is. Yeah, honk, nice honk. job. You're, that's why you're interested. Um, Be- said Benjamin Ahmed, who is based in the room upstairs with his little brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so his first NFT collection, which he launched earlier this summer, consists of 40 colorful pixelized avatars called Minecraft Yeehaw that I created, he says, after spending too many hours playing video game, the video game Minecraft. That's cool. Uh, Ahmed says, oh, oh okay. Uh, he created the artwork and coded each himself, he says. Uh, the collection didn't immediately sell, but that was okay. Ahmed saw the project as more of a learning experience than a money grab. The kid said money grab um, and wanted to continue to create. Then, in June, he began to code Weird Whales, his second NFT collection, which features 3,350 pixelated whales, each with distinct traits. What? Hmm. That's so many? They're probably, like, kind of algorithmically generated. How can you... Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, the project fused together a sort of meme using an image of a whale with traits similar to that of an iconic pixelated CryptoPunks, one of the first FT- NFT collections to exist. I'm sa- so they put one of the whales. So this is an extremely expensive article, uh, yeah. Because one of the very expensive whale NFTs is being reproduced here on this website. And that's true. According that's to what great. I know about NFTs, there's only one. So this yeah, is the most great. expensive article on the net right now. Yeah, that must so, be. And the I gotta one. say, the whale is kind of cool looking. It's yeah. It's got it's, a propeller hat and it's, it's smoking a, a vape pen. Yeah, it's got. It does have a propeller hat on, which is the official hat of Blue Man Group. Uh, we once we're done with our recordings, we put on our propeller hats and walk outside. Yeah. Um, so the project cost three hundred dollars. Ahmed says, which mainly consisted of paying gas fees, which are charged to blockchain verify each NFT. If this is confusing you, don't worry about it. Uh, along the this way, article is really poorly written. Also, it is. Ahmed learned how to code the collection from online tutorials and mentors he met on Discord communities. Uh, one of the developers behind an, another NF. Oh, fuck this! I don't want to. Yeah. I'm done, I'm done <laughs> okay, so this kid has just gotten completely. <laughs> He's getting well, rich so selling at the little end of pictures the article, of whales. Yeah. All right. Um, so the key, however, will be owning his intellectual property. To do so, Ahmed's, Ahmed's father has been in contact with lawyers to trademark weird whales and other upcoming projects. Quote, when people buy weird whales, they're investing in me and my future, Ahmed says. If I carry on as I've been, I might end up like other tech entrepreneurs out there, like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. Right. Okay, so the difference is that you're selling little JPEGs of whales, whereas Jeff Bezos made Amazon. Owns, like, infrastructure all over America, in the world. (laughs) Right. Um, I I love reading... I I only bring this article up uh, because I love... Why would I, we want to invest in Ahmed to become another one of these guys? A monster? Yeah. Like, yeah. Why monster, are we rooting? Yeah. A future yeah. monster. Yeah. Willing I, him into existence. Again, I was I was, was going to say, like, I love reading these kinds of articles where it's like, uh, let's see, it says, um, since he has ha- held his profits in Ether, the sum is worth uh, 255000 in today's pricing. He then earned an additional 30 Ether worth over 95000 from the resale market and then he earns 2.5 percent royalty on each secondary sale uh this is remember ahmed 12 years old hi my name is ron ecstasy i'm uh, 35 years old i stream on twitch uh twice weekly <laughs> a lot of the times and uh often make around 18 cents a stream uh nice. <laughs> very happy for ahmed that he's trading his digital whales um I'm for good. hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Good good luck. Uh my <laughs> my car needs repairs. Uh it yeah. doesn't seem as though maybe you should get into this. The Twitch this streaming business. is going to uh make it pop. Okay, yeah, but yeah, Ahmed or maybe <sighs> what the thing that might make your Twitch streams more financially successful is if you got into taekwondo. 
John, mm-hmm. that's such Maybe a there's problem. lessons it's he's the, learning there that you aren't able to learn that he's applying to the world of business and the internet. Yeah. Whoa. It's the swimming and the taekwondo that kind yeah. of clears his mind. I've only swam yeah. once this summer, so maybe that's, yeah, that is, huh. Yeah, wow. you haven't even been swimming. I don't, yeah. well, I. Also, I, when's the last time you did your three R's? Uh, what? Reading, yeah, writing, reading and writing. arithmetic. Arithmetic. Uh, I, I don't know. Because at 12, I'm assuming that's like 90% of his curriculum. Yeah. I, I guess so. Um, I like to imagine this kid's in like grade school. So he's like, or he's in middle school now, right? He's 12. Or no, he's he's like a fifth grader or sixth grader or whatever the system is in England. He's a he's a governor. <laughs> and he, he's, <laughs> he's in, like in school with other 12-year-olds. And it's he's, like, yeah, he, I'm, I already have a job. He's uh, working on his A-levels on the M12. Um, <laughs> in uh, right outside of uh, Ballywick, uh, you know the the turnstile there. Yeah, studying uh, maths. Maths. He's got maths. Maths. At, the at, three uh, R's: reading, writing, and maths. At, he's got maths at quarter of uh, <laughs> pence <laughs> or something. Yeah. Uh, okay. This kid sucks. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. This kid sucks. Uh, we're falling off the this rails. This kid is similar comment. to yeah. We're sorry. We're we're starting this. Let's, let's tighten up here. Let me say this. This kid is just like that chimpanzee from the zoo who's being shunned by all the other chimpanzees. There's no way he has rapport with his other chimpanzees in his class. No. Nope. And no. they're gonna ostracize him. And everyone else in who's involved, who's in this kid's life, the teachers, Imran, should be concerned that mm-hmm. he's not like being a 12 year old boy. John, that's so true. And Thank you. when you said ostracized, all I heard was ostrich sized. And that takes us to our next article. <laughs> nice. it's, it's the, it's obituary, the obituary, obituary of the week, of the week, week sorted, sorted by, by height. So, uh, all right. We wow. Have, uh, kind of the a obituary of the week. It's always a bittersweet um, of the week to do. Yeah, it's kind of sad. It is. Yeah. Um, this is. It's kind of hard to end on such a downer, but you would never call this guy a downer because he was. No. So and we're ending on a high note. Ah. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Igor Vavkovinsky. Oh, that was that right? Vavkovinsky. Yeah. yeah. Igor yeah. Vavkovinsky. Tallest man in the U.S. dies at 38 in Minnesota. Um, by the way, uh, he he was 38 years old, as I just mentioned. His family and said he, he died of heart disease. Uh, not a lack of oxygen up there. Maybe that's how I thought he died, <laughs> being up in too high in the clouds. Well, I was going to say, and he left behind, or he and he died taking with him a treasure trove of knowledge that will never be recovered, such as how's the weather up there? Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he knew all of the cloud types. Um, um, uh, he'll so. never hear again. Why aren't you playing basketball? Yeah. Know, never yeah. again. Right. Um, so there was a tumor pressing against his pituitary gland, which caused it to secrete abnormal levels of growth hormone. And he grew to become the tallest man in the U.S. at 7 feet 8.3 inches and ended up staying in Rochester, Minnesota, where uh, the Mayo Clinic is, which is not, has nothing to do with mayonnaise, by the way, the Mayo Clinic. Um, So isn't that interesting, though, that that a tumor pressing against his pituitary gland caused him to be so tall? Yeah. It made him and it killed him. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if we can, we could kind of harness that and do it just a little with a little more finesse. Yeah. Right. We could uh, develop uh, very large, super tall humans, people. Yeah. yeah. That could conquer the earth and play basketball. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, he he said before he passed away, he said he would he would have rather have lived a normal life than be known, which which sucks. Um, and he was born in uh, Ukraine. Um, and he moved to the to the states in the late eighties. Uh, he he appeared mm. on the Doctor Oz show and uh, was he was called out, uh oh, by President Barack Obama, uh oh, during a campaign rally where uh, the the president noticed him near the stage wearing a t shirt. Oh, it's hard not to notice him. 
that read world's biggest obama supporter that's cool that's a good joke that's yeah, a that's good, good um that is a good bit. In 2013, he carried the Ukrainian contestant onto the stage to perform the Eurovision in the Eurovision Song Contest. Um, he, 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 when he was uh, 27, he traveled to New York City. He, uh, he said that he caught a plane, but he actually just reached up and caught the plane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, How does he... Imagine him flying on a plane. Like, where do you put him? On the oh, wing. I know. Leg room to the wing. <laughs> leg room is such a difficult. You put him in the cargo it? compartment. Yeah. You'd have to like. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, the... you can't even fit your suitcase in the cargo right. compartment. So yeah. Yeah, he'd uh, clearly yeah have to be strapped to the exterior of the plane in some form or fashion. Yeah. yeah. So he uh, it says here that he edged out. I'm not sure if that refers to uh, a long masturbation session or. Uh, Trademark Alfred Kinski. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, he edged out. Oh, no, it doesn't. Uh, he edged out a sheriff's deputy in Virginia by one third of an inch. Ooh. Oh, wow. So that guy is still. Who's, we got to find that, that guy. We got to arrest he's now, that he guy. He now must be the tallest guy, right? Because. Yeah. Because our friend Igor here is dead. Yeah. So there's Passed a sheriff's deputy out there somewhere in Virginia who's seven foot eight, basically. Oh, my God. Um, so criminals. Take heed. Yeah. George Take Bell, notice. former George Virginia Bell. deputy sheriff and actor, could once again be the tallest man in America. Well, yeah, he is. So uh, in, in 2012, Igor uh, issued a plea to cover the estimated $16,000 cost for specially made shoes. Oh, man, that's tough. At the time, he tough. said that he hadn't owned a pair for years that fits his size 26 shoe. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Thousands donated more than double what he needed, kind of like his uh, height. It's more than double what he needed. Uh, a right, team of right. 10 <laughs> Reebok designers <laughs> used laser technology and molds to custom make three pairs of shoes for Igor. That's nice. Um, I'm glad that they, they did that. Uh, he so is he's, a big guy. I'm looking at yeah, these pictures he, of him. He said of the shoes, now that I've seen them, I'm overwhelmed in 2012. Well, wait till you try them on, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't just look at them. Yeah, uh, put them on. So he was maybe born in 1982. Try them on. Take them out onto the court, maybe. Try, you know. Try, try yeah, try, try basketball. That's try jumping a, up and down on them. Um, uh, born in 82 in Bar, Ukraine. Not a bar in Ukraine, but a place nice. called Bar. Yeah. Do you think... He um, walked into a bar once and... Yeah, he hit his head. Yep. Or he hit his chest, he actually. Walked right, into a yeah. bar. What did he say? Ouch. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, he appeared in a 2011 film, Hall Pass, in a scene with star Jason Sudeikis, and on stage at the 2013 Eurovision contest, as we know. Uh, may he rest in peace. Yes. Uh, of course, he had a custom-made coffin, but that goes without saying. Doesn't everyone? Isn't everyone's coffin made custom-made, kind of? I mean, it's only for one person. Yeah. But they probably had Not to mine. be like, hey, like the usual ranges are going to cut it true. with this one. They, uh, his, his, uh, his coffin was a uh, above-ground swimming pool. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have the article here for George Bell, uh, tallest man now. I don't want to like sully Igor's memory by immediately jumping to who the tallest man is now, but... But yeah, we should cover who Take the a, tallest man is. Yeah, there's Blumenberg a photo of him needs in to, it. Yeah, cover these things. And he is very tall. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So as we can see, here's a picture of George Bell uh, carrying a woman who appears to be uh, unusually small. Unless he's, he's just that tall. Big. Yeah. It could be. Yeah, we're um, not sure. He was. He had a career playing basketball and in law enforcement. Oh. So there Perfect. you go. Nice. So at least he did basketball. That's. I feel like Thank if you're seven foot five or taller, you just have to try. You might as well give it a shot. Like, Even if just you're just okay, it. it's like a pretty big advantage. Law yeah. enforcement. He just had to like uh, get cats out of trees. That's his uh, law <laughs> yeah. history. It's like they go to like uh, like a break in or whatever, and it's like, all right, we're gonna check the first floor. You check the second floor from outside. You and stay right floor. there. <laughs> and the attic. Yeah. He's like, I'll check the attic first. <laughs> um, yeah, he's living, so we can we can shoot the shit with him. I think we we should yeah. go we should go meet this guy. I would love to. Yeah. Uh, well, he'll be next week's guest. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And it'll be one of our 
highest reaching episodes. Yes, mm-hmm. very, very high is re- reaching. I could make some. I get trying to think some other ones here. Uh, we'll get our highest uh, rating, esteem. Yeah. Imagine a piggyback we'll, we'll ride. Earn with our this highest guy. esteem so far, huh? Imagine a piggyback ride with this. Uh, just asking Which one? George Bell if you can take a piggyback ride with him. It looks like you break his back. I know, but like <laughs> yeah. we could get look healthy. Get these people support. aren't very healthy. Yeah, Ron. These people are not your Sorry. playthings. So I know. Right. They're, they're people with George Bell may work at a freak show, but he's not a freak. Yeah. I'm yeah. Sorry. Absolutely. And he um, does also in the article. He works at a freak show. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, it did. Uh, exactly. The article does mention that he works at a freak show. <laughs> and That's so did Igor, which was in politics. Oh. Oh. On the thinker. campaign trail. All right. Thank let's, you. Let's, uh, let's, let's close this uh, very huge door. Let's, let's put the ladder back up into the attic. There we go. <laughs> let's um, close that hatch. Yeah. So that is the uh the the obituary of the week uh sorted by height where we have mm-hmm. the tallest person uh igor vavkovinsky rest in peace uh we hope that you're uh doing well <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody before we uh, end today's show we have to go through last week's numbers, numbers. Everyone's favorite segment. Yes. All right, everybody. Listen, I've got the numbers up. We're looking at the dashboard. We hit our goal. We got past 5,000 listens because all we needed was four listens more. And did we ever? Did we ever? ever. 5,127 all-time downloads. We're up 21% over the previous 14 days. Although, like, I don't know how that all works. Don't Uh, worry about it. It's yeah. up. Number goes up. I'm happy. Me too. Yeah, the number it keeps going up, uh, folks, and we've got uh, consistent we're, retention. You know, those of you that are listening, you've probably been listening for a little while now, and, and every episode, and every episode, and our and our hearts go out to you. Um, yeah. they really do. They yeah. really do. Um, yeah, we're 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 uh, hearts. We're we're doing we're doing well on that front. Uh, let's see. We're trying to get. United Kingdom up around 10% of the listenership. Right now they're at 8%. We are hemorrhaging listeners from the United Kingdom. They did not appreciate. Well, actually it's probably because Scotland has seceded. Uh, yeah, so now it's counted differently. Yeah. Uh, but with Canada, Canada's up though. Canada's up to 12 point something percent. Yeah, so mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think I, I'm, I'm having flashbacks to me uh, uh, talking about um, made up British places. That's probably not going to help our retaining our british listenership but uh again we have south africa and australia those kind of uh, southern hemisphere countries tied dead heat 2.11 percent of our listenership for from july 31st to august this 25th. is like the most classic rivalry in the show's history yeah we got the but big three we've got united states canada united kingdom kind of the uh, but interestingly the- austria is our european stronghold yeah that is the very number one. I like the that. number one continental. continental European country. Yeah, I love Austria. That. There must be something about us that appeals to the Austrian character. I know. You, you Austrian listeners, please keep telling your other Austrian friends. We think that there's something about your your culture, your we way love of, it, your way of being. That, we do love. Um, it. We love we vibe with, and yeah, we want more Austrians to know. We, we want to eventually maybe get out to austria do a exactly. show we want austria. to do a we live want a show hold in austria yeah we want to be playing in the same places that franz list and friends played uh mm-hmm. i hope he's austrian um and uh we want to be clinking vienna lagers uh i want some of those damn chocolates together john wants oh, some yeah. of those damn chocolates he says uh <laughs> we're gonna be there listen we're coming to austria <laughs> It's happening. It is going to happen. It's happening. Um, Mark your calendars. Whatever calendar Austria uses, whether it's the Gregorian, Gregorian, Gregorian or otherwise, or we don't know. We don't care. We Whatever don't care. you're Whatever doing, we're is. with it. We're with it. <laughs> we're with it. And we support it. We are so with it. We support it. No idea In fact, what we're talking about. Go ahead and go, Austrian listeners, go ahead and um, edit the Austrian Wikipedia and under the culture subheader and in... Literature. 
yeah. maybe put us be, in as one of the notable Austrian podcasts. Ding, yeah, ding, 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 Austrian ding. people are fans of Franz Liszt, born in Austria. Boom. Yeah, straight so out of the we, noggin. We want to be like these kind of like celebrated expats, you know, that eventually we retire in Austria. We're, yes, we're celebrated by the culture. Austrians yes. sort of say, "Oh, you know, they're basically Austrian." Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And yeah. Yes, we're so we're basically can you Austrian. Make that happen, please. Thank you so much for listening. We love you all. Uh, please keep listening. It's only, only, only going to get better. Uh, if you don't like what you've heard, uh, again, it's only going to get better. Uh, and I'm serious about editing the Culture of Austria Wikipedia page to put the Blue Men Group podcast in one of the... We just yeah, give you please. the facts straight up just now. Austria is our fifth biggest, or whatever, <laughs> fourth biggest national... Fourth biggest market. Okay, yeah. we got to go. Okay, all right. Thanks. Bye. I love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.